We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Hope everyone out there had a great and safe New Year's. I'm BJ Kissel. Appreciate Tucker Franklin and Brett Coleman for stepping in on Monday to handle Casey's an update as Matt Miller was stranded in Colorado, and I was coming back with the family from visiting friends down in Dallas. Uh, but Matt will join me tomorrow for his weekly stock up, stock down report. For those who might be new, this is Casey's an update, our daily chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network, presented by our good friends at DraftKings. Appreciate you for hanging out today and spending part of your day with us. Uh, Nate Taylor from The Athletic will join me in just a few minutes for our weekly conversation. But first, please hit that like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. You can also follow us on your favorite podcast platform by simply searching KCSN. And you can find all of our channels that way, covering all of your favorite Kansas City sports teams, not just the Chiefs. We also cover KU, K-State, and Mizzou. A lot going on there. Uh, Before we bring on Nate, here's a quick word from DraftKings. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. TCU and Georgia, that's the matchup, and it's basically the favorite against the underdog that's taken the college football landscape by storm this year. I've got to stay loyal to the Big 12 and root for TCU. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings' same-game parlays. I love the app because it's easy to navigate and I can find the plays that I'm looking for easily and quickly. I love to bet simple on my same-game parlays, the over-under, and pick a team. But I always struggle to take the under because I love action, I love scoring, I love not hoping something doesn't big, some big play doesn't happen. But you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KCSN and new customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
All right, let's welcome on Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, going to be a little bit different style of a show, um, obviously, with what's going on across the NFL right now. And we will definitely get into the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation and kind of unpack as much as we know right now and just kind of get your thoughts on it. I I don't want to say I'm excited or interested to hear your thoughts. You're you're a thoughtful person, and this would be – this will be a good conversation, I think, um, for us to kind of to work our way through uh, what we all witnessed last night, because I think it kind of shook everybody in a different way, especially people that are around players and coaches and the guys who step between the white lines who play this game. But uh, before we get to that, just how was your New Year's? Uh, how's the fam? How was the weekend? Um, New Year's was was good, BJ. Um, you know, it was a bit odd to, to go to work the next day um, <laughs> and cover a football game, but that, you know, operation went pretty smooth. Um, my family's really good. Um, you know, everybody's doing well. I hope that's the case for, um, much for our audience. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it was already, I already felt it was going to be an unusual week just because of the way new year's fell on the NFL calendar and the likelihood, um, with the chiefs winning, you know, Sunday that they were probably going to play on Saturday. Um, we've seen this mm-hmm. before where ESPN, um, gets two additional games on Saturday for week 18. Um, they chose the Chiefs last year for similar seating implications. So, you know, I'm kind of already thinking in that mode. Obviously, you have to rearrange with travel. Um, mm-hmm. In my case, the team's case, you know, getting you know ready for obviously the, the regular season finale, which is now on Saturday. So I, you, you already kind of knew it was going to be an unusual week. That would change the team's work schedule. Um, you know, they're obviously trying to prepare for – their postseason run as well. And then, of course, um, one of the things that was really fascinating about the postgame of, you know, the Chiefs' victory over the Broncos was everybody in the organization, whether it was, you know, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Frank Clark, um, you go down the line. You know, obviously, I talked to a few coaches who were um, basically going to block their work day on Monday in order mm-hmm. to have time to sort of watch – um, what occurred between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, that game had um, immense implications for the Chiefs. Um, I think it's probably the most um, interesting, probably most hype game for Monday Night Football since 2018 when the Chiefs and Rams were each 9-1, and one, I believe, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you knew both of those teams were, were obviously playoff and Super Bowl contenders, so this was obviously a similar case. This is not even in conference. Um, it's the first real... I guess matchup with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen on equal status in the league. So everybody in the organization basically worked as soon as they could Monday morning so that they could get Monday night off to just be football fans, as as Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. said after the game. Um, so you knew it was going to be an unusual week for all the things I just mentioned earlier, and then things go from unusual to just um, tragic. And yeah. that's uh, – you know, and we'll see how the league um, approaches uh, everything else that's supposed to follow. Um, my One of my first thoughts this morning, BJ, was the next game on the NFL schedule is Chiefs Raiders on Saturday afternoon. Hmm. Um, and, and will we have um, a significant, you know, medical update uh, about DeMar Hamlin between then and now? And yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things obviously to to tackle with. I'm happy to do it with you. 
Um, but yeah, my New Year's was good, and then it, it just gets um, it's just a very um, sort of gloomy and and very um, it's a difficult thing I think for everybody to process. Yeah, I, you know, everybody kind of whether they were watching the game live or just kind of following like myself where I was putting my daughter to bed and just kind of mm-hmm. like I had the game tracker up just kind of following and then going back to social media and see what was going on and you see that there was an injury and then a player went down and then you know this looks serious and then it slowly mm-hmm. as you're following kind of on social I wasn't watching the game live at that exact moment and then it slowly started there's an ambulance coming out mm-hmm. and they just kind of kept building and it was like holy cow this is serious the way the players are reacting and then I flip on and it's at a commercial break and they kept going back and they kept throwing to, huh. you know, commercials and mm-hmm. you knew following on social from the beat writers who were there that it wasn't just a normal injury. It wasn't just, you know, uh, you know, a precautionary thing. And that, you know, then they were talking about administering CPR out in the field and you see the players and um, there's so many different ways to discuss this. But my first thought is, you know, a lot of, the way that social media reacted and initially it was kind of like a wake up call for a lot of people that that don't necessarily, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but aren't around these guys. They're not, they don't humanize the players in the way that Mm -hmm. you're sitting there talking to these guys and you know them at a personal level when things like this happen, that this has nothing to do with football. They know him, they know his family, they know his story, they know, everything Mm -hmm. about him and it it completely changes everybody's perspective and i think and i hadn't read the whole thing yet because i just saw it um, getting promoted on my timeline but kevin clark at the ringer would be one of those people um, that he wrote something this morning that i think based on what a lot of people i respect have been saying is something worth reading and checking out and he basically made the point that you know this is going to change a lot about the way that the nfl is viewed for a lot of people because the ugly side of it got put you know at the forefront where everybody was watching and everyone was um, caught up into it in some kind of way. So since you didn't watch it, BJ, live, I'll, I'll sort of walk people through it um, if they also mm-hmm. didn't watch it live. Um, the atmosphere is what you would expect. Um, the the Bengals are um, near midfield. Uh, I believe it's T. Higgins who makes the catch mm-hmm. in the middle of the field and obviously um, is tackled by DeMar Hamlin. It's a perfect form tackle given the leverage and, um, you know, the thing that alerted me is how quickly his teammates on the Buffalo Bills, the guys who were on the field during the play, mm-hmm. how quickly they went to their knee. Because um, normally it's the trainers who come out, it's maybe a coach or two, and then guys quickly are – you know, realize that, hey, my, my teammate is seriously injured. Um, and then they go to a knee. Um, guys basically went to a knee immediately. And I believe it was Joe Mixon who was the first player to probably recognize when you, uh, you know, if people are willing to watch the replay of, of the incident, um, Joe Mixon is the first person to recognize what happens and then alerts the Buffalo Bills training staff. Um I think it was appropriate that ESPN didn't show CPR being administered, even though you know yeah. that there are hundreds of cameras in the stadium because it is a primetime game. Um, but the fascinating part of all of this, beyond just the, the just the tragic nature of a 
you know, as the NFL has said, as the Bills have said, a player whose heartbeat had to be restored. Um, I have never uh, heard that or witnessed that in an NFL game before Monday night. Um, but there's so many emotions of tears, of sorrow, of just guys really shocked um, that, you know, what are we supposed to do? I think that's the question that pretty much was on display for everybody on the field. What are we supposed to do if we're not one of those first responders, if we're not, you know, the trainers, if we're not the people immediately attending to Demar Hamlet? So if, if that's the case, like, what are we supposed to do? And the thing that I will try to explain to our audience now is football mostly continues unless there's something like this. And that's how rare last night was. Of course, it's in a primetime setting with millions of people watching, with 70,000 people in the stands who aren't really sure either because they don't have the ability to like have a TV in front of them and have multiple camera angles. And obviously, there's no replay that was shown, I believe in the stadium. So with everything going on, the way the sport usually works is the game continues. And so there's this conflict. There's this, there's this issue of, do we continue the game? But also we're trying to figure out what is actually wrong with DeMar Hamlin. And then once that became known through the rest of the Buffalo bills, I think the bills, um, were wise and reasonable to inform the Bengals of the situation. And then it really became down to a coaching decision, which no coach I don't believe has really probably gone through in such a public manner, which is what are we supposed to do is the question. None of that sounds like we need to be playing football right now. Right. So the coaches with the players made the right and wise decision. I know people are going to criticize the NFL and they are more than willing and reasonable in, in doing that. But I've seen hospitals or excuse me, I've seen ambulances on the field before. You can look this up. This is stuff that occurred in the nineties. Um, and the game continues because that's the way the sport normally operates, which sounds bizarre. Even as I say it out loud, the game normally goes on. The sport is normally supposed to continue said action. Um, So the detail that I think um, pulled at me emotionally is, yes, I know these players. Sometimes you get to know their wives or their girlfriends Mm -hmm. or their fiancés or you get to see their children. Um, And then, of course, I've interviewed parents for NFL players throughout my time, you know, covering the Chiefs and covering, you know, professional sports in general, um, the detail that um, that really hung with me was the was the fact that the ambulance had to wait for DeMar Hamlin's mother to get from the stands to the ambulance so that she could ride with her son to the University of Cincinnati's hospital, um, which thankfully is only two miles away uh, based on ESPN's reporting. So it's... um. It's a conflict that the league uh, has normalized, and yet uh, it's a conflict that the sport inherently just – that is inherent to the sport, if that makes sense. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. 
We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. In this particular instance, it felt like because for people that have watched the replay, it wasn't, it didn't seem, I don't want to pretend to say the wrong thing. You got to be very careful of how you say things, but it didn't seem like such a big hit that when it happened, it was even more scary because like to your say, like it was just, it was just a yeah. regular tackle stood up and then went down and not to speculate on anything there. I know there was stuff floating around on social media about what it what could have happened. Could have been, yeah, right. From uh, medical what, experts, but yeah. right. From people who were in this that obviously aren't <laughs> right. there, but have some sort of information that that people are curious about, like what could this have, what could this have been? Cause he stood right up after the tackle and then fell back down. But you know, it's one thing if a, if a player has, you know, a back injury or something where an ambulance comes out and takes him out, it's another thing. If CPR is being administered and he's fighting right. for his life. Um, now right. the good news, if you're unfamiliar with what's going on, and this was put out by his marketing rep last night, Jordan Rooney had said that his, uh, once he got to the hospital that DeMar's, his vitals were back to normal and they've put him to sleep with a breathing tube down his throat. They are currently running more tests. And that was as of last night. Mm-hmm. Um, which at that time was good. He's in critical condition, but his vitals were back to normal. And then they, they put the breathing tube down uh, to take some stress off. So his body doesn't have to, you know, uh, correct. Yes. Manufacture, action, manufacture yeah, oxygen in such a way that is, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's that's, but know. for that reason, it just, it, there was no way that they could continue playing with a player fighting for his life, as opposed to an ambulance coming out for some sort of, injury and i've never seen social media be so one-sided and that it became very apparent it took them a long time to to cancel that game and i'm i'm going to talk out of probably both sides of my mouth because i think i will be very critical of the nfl for um you know the players warming up and seemingly seem mm-hmm. seeming like they were about to start the game back up 
Um, but that's that's but again, BJ, that's the norm. That is the normal inherent, yeah. you know, sort of like Ryan Shazier is is the first player I thought of. Yeah, and they played they played that game. They finished that game. It's it's you know you think about you know I know you're going to mention the the Joe Burrow like throwing like warming up yeah. throwing footballs that has been televised. Um, and I know we're probably going to get to the Troy Vincent stuff. Um, right. The one the one other thing that that I thought was a real you know illustration of this conflict of this inherent conflict is you know. Sean McDermott getting the guys, you know, to, to circle around on a knee and say a prayer for DeMar Hamlin, which I thought was um, so admirable um, and so caring and, and just a loving gesture, you know, that you can do, um, as you said, for a player who's, you know, a 23-year-old man who's, you know, had to have his heartbeat restored. And then Stefan Diggs you know, one of the leaders of the team wants to motivate the guys because he inherently believes they're going to, they're going to continue the game. Mm -hmm. It's a thought that really hasn't, that he hasn't totally come to grips yet that you can see on, on television. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's heartbreaking in a sense because he's trying to go through what would happen if his teammate was Ryan Chazier or if his teammate had a torn ACL but this isn't that. And yet he still feels the need to like, we have to play as if it is our last play. And we have to play as if we are obviously in honor of, of, of DeMar Hamlin. And then an hour later, ESPN shows him, uh, I believe getting out of an Uber to see DeMar um, in the hospital. It's just, it's a juxtaposition that is so rare and unusual that, yeah, the sport in and of itself is criticized. Not, you know, the league obviously benefits and profits off of it the most, off of the actual yeah. creation of the sport. But this is how the sport's been functioning for over a century. And, yeah. um, you know, again, applaud the healthcare workers, the first responders, and then I think the players and the coaches for at least taking enough of a breath to realize this isn't normal and we can't, we can't move forward because again, what are we supposed to do? I think yeah. is the overall question that, that they kept asking themselves last night. Yeah. There was reported last night, um, multiple places that, you know, each team was going to give, be given like five minutes to warm up. And that's when they were showing Joe Burrow uh, playing catch on the sideline. Now the NFL was criticized rightfully. Uh, if, if that's true, this is all, now being kind of changed and the, the story is kind of changing. You don't really know. Um, it depends what you want to believe. Um, but now Troy Vincent uh, of the NFL has come out and said that that wasn't the case and they weren't talking about restarting that game, even though we saw players warming up on the sideline after mm -hmm. they were meeting with the coaches. So unless the players were just doing that on their own, it's going to be one of them. I'm sure that story is going to come out. It's secondary to everything else, but there were a lot of people very critical of the NFL, rightfully so, if there was any thought to getting that game uh, started back up. But Troy Vincent has come out today and said that that was not the case. And my only, when I earlier I said I was going to talk out of both sides of my mouth, my only hope with the way that the NFL was handling in that moment 
is that it took so long because there are a lot of different organizations. You have to call the NFLPA. There are a lot of calls that have to be mm-hmm. made and conversations that had to be had um, simultaneously while talking to the family, talking to the bills, making sure that the the medical stuff is that everybody's taken care of in that way. And logistically just doing a lot of different things that hopefully that's why it took so long. Cause a lot of conversations had to take place, but I saw a lot of people very critical that the game just wasn't canceled immediately. But to your point, that's not really the precedent. And I know mm-hmm. that people would put out screenshots of the NFL rule book that in these cases, it is hundred percent on Roger Goodell and the NFL to step in and make that decision. Uh, to cancel a game, to end it early, postpone it, whatever the decision was going to be, did seem like it took a while. And based on the way the players were reacting on the sideline after the coaches meeting is that it felt like they were about to start playing again, which just sent social media into a frenzy of what in the world are they doing? Um, Troy Vincent has to say what he said this morning. I want to make that clear. He has to say it. Um, Now, is it accurate? No. <laughs> like, my eyes saw guys warming up because, again, yeah. that's what the sport largely does. Um, in these cases, when anyone is injured, the game usually continues. Like, these are that's a fact. Um, so he has to say that, even though that's totally inaccurate. Um, being the commissioner is really hard but this is where leadership is most valuable. Um, if it's a logistical issue, if it's a, how are we going to transport this individual? Um, you know, how are we going to transport DeMar Hamlin? How are we going to give him the, the most pristine care possible in this situation? If it's an idea of, okay, what is the message that we tell the players, the coaches, do the bills go home? which is what they Mm -hmm. did late last night. Do they stay in Cincinnati? If so, what are those like, you know, sort of immediate emergency sort of uh, accommodations? Like there's, there's a ton of uh, questions and then you have to prioritize what is most important. And again, this is where leadership is most supreme and valuable. And like, again, there's really no precedent for um, this to I mean, yes, there's there's rule books. I, I always um, love these conversations where like there's rule books, there's procedures, there's things in place, and then you right. actually have to do them. And it's like, well, we had something, but we couldn't foresee this. Right. And this is one of those moments where you just can't foresee a player who had to have his heartbeat restored. And I think that's what I'm going to think about like for the rest of the day. It's just like his heartbeat had to be restored by medical experts on a football field. Like that is, that is um, not just shocking, but it's, again, it's, it's just deeply heartbreaking. So um, the NFL will do its best, I think, to try to damage control to some sense from a communication standpoint, but also it's totally fair to criticize the NFL because we all have eyes and because a message got relayed to Troy Aikman into Joe Buck and they uh I won't say regurgitated that message, but obviously, you know, gave it to everyone as like again, in these situations, most times players have five to ten minutes to warm up. Right. There have been this this has been a five minute we have been told that 
what is next is a five minute warm up, and then of course, like you said, BJ, social media, um, you know, responds uh, accordingly, which is right. something I also don't say often. Is social media <laughs> as a whole responds we'll, accordingly? Yeah, and but, we'll get to that in a second about. But yeah, like the, it's, the, we saw the good side of social media yeah, as well, right? Um, and I and like at, at, at my point, I'm just you know as a reporter, I'm just trying to see how my fellow colleagues are handling all this who's reporting you know who's trying to give accurate information um how is you know yeah i mean just how is how is demar hamlin doing and the idea of just uh the players the, the players having to go through that i mean it it breeds its own uh uniqueness of trauma and it's it's something that i don't think is going to go away anytime soon um even though uh we all are led to believe that the season is going to continue in some shape or form yeah over the next few days i think it's it's easy to criticize the nfl especially in situations like this where um they almost got it wrong or they did they got it just wrong enough before they fixed it once the message was already out that they had thought about restarting this game i don't think that's even within question i think you're right in that you know, Troy Vincent didn't have a choice. He had to come out and say they weren't going to mm-hmm. restart the game. Um, no one will know except for the people that were on that field or what was being discussed. Um, but the other side of this in criticizing the NFL is also, you know, understanding. And I saw Aaron Borgman, who spent 12 years on the sidelines with the Eagles and the Chiefs, um, mm-hmm. tweeted out. And he is very passionate about this and for good reason. And it, it's highlighted with situations like last night that outside of being in a hospital, there's not a, a better place for something like this to happen based on having the the people around you uh, to be able to give CPR and have these medical professionals around you. And that we don't talk about the athletic trainings that Rick Burkholder and his staff and how they are trained and how the other doctors and people are on the sideline that are there on behalf of the NFL are there for these reasons that you don't want them there. You don't need that expert. You don't want to need that expertise um, on the sideline, but Mm -hmm. you know, very easily could have saved his life um, based on, you know, who they had down there. And that that's another angle to this that Mm -hmm. will be discussed more at length as we kind of work our way through and obviously making sure uh, that he's going to be okay. And hopefully getting that news, um, you know, sooner rather than later as we all kind of wait for it. But, you know, the other side that we saw with social media last night was, you know, his you know, a charity toy drive that he did, you know, DeMar Hamlin did two years ago um, that he ran to go fund me. The link was still active and people found it. They promoted it. I saw it getting shared a couple of times on social media. I was just refreshing, you know, my Twitter page, um, like all of us, I'm sure were mm-hmm. and seeing that it gets tweeted out and the original goal was $2,500. I saw it. Um, I think the first time I saw it was 14,000, but mm. somebody said that it, they had saw it like 8,000, but right now it's over $3.8 million mm. with the amount of people that have shared it. And it's every national reporter and even GoFundMe tweeted out and his marketing rep said, this is the one, you know, this is mm. the one to support, um, you know, his foundation. And it just shows you that for all the the negative comments and the negative stuff that you see on social media a lot, that's kind of the majority of it, to be honest. Um, there's a lot more good out there than there is anything else. And when things like this happen, and it's obviously a tragic situation, but you get to 
I kept refreshing the GoFundMe because I just needed the reassurance yeah. that there's so many good people out there that from all different fan bases that just, you know, have empathy and you know, mm-hmm. we're all we're all human and you know, we love this sport. We love to support this sport. I mean, obviously we're we talk about it every week, every day. We've built our you know professional lives around it. And uh, when things like this happen, it's nice just to know that people can step back and be humans. And it's a nice reminder that, you know, the guys who step on the, between the white lines, they're doing something and they're putting themselves at risk. Um, and it was just, it was a nice display of humanity for me. Uh, and that's why I kept tweeting it, kept yes. supporting it. Cause yeah. there was so many things being amplified about certain national people saying some really stupid things. Um, that I got tired of seeing on my timeline. So it's, you know what? I'm going to fill my timeline up with the positives. A lot of, you know, the recaps of DeMar Hamlin at his, you know, doing the toy drive around Christmas time and all the good things that he was doing. That's the stuff you wanted to see on your timeline. And it was just, it was a nice reminder that um, people come together in times like this. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I think I was, um, you know, it was pretty silent in our house um, for much of last night. Um and, you know, emotionally, uh, I was just, you know, at, at one point, um, reporters just at the hospital wanted to give uh, a statement or to have some form of a press conference. And then when that decision was made that they weren't going to have one, uh, I was just sort of emotionally spent. Um, but I did see your I did see your retweets. I thought that was um, very touching. I mean, obviously, people are um, people are people are more impressive than we give them credit for a lot of times, even in yeah. group settings. Uh, and this is, this is a, uh, this is the best that we could do beyond just, you know, um, praying for him. And I know um, everyone in our house did for DeMar and, um, you know, we'll continue to do that. It's just, it's just, um, it's just, again, it's, it's really heartbreaking. It's the, it's the word that I keep sort of coming back to. And I, I want to move forward a little bit with this conversation. And I want to be very respectful as how we do it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm very... I have no idea how the NFL can handle this going forward if there's not any kind of an update. The, and what I mean by that is the that there were playoff implications. There are playoff implications about that mm-hmm. game, and to change anything as far as just move everything down a week, it in theory it sounds like that's a very easy solution. But logistically, I you don't know if that's possible. You don't know if the if the stadiums across the NFL and all the games can just be simply moved down a week with other things that are scheduled and all the different mm-hmm. you know just logistical things that go into that. My, I like what you said earlier regarding, you know, there's no play, there could be rules in place on how to handle things like this, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to feel knowing that if they can't move those games and they don't replay that game and they just end it in a tie, that that would mean the chiefs would be the number one seed. And that's not really how, like, who's going to be comfortable with that scenario. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. I haven't thought about it a ton. I know some people have asked me on Twitter, and I, I, I obviously I don't have the answer. And yeah, it's not um, going to be a take. It's more just an open yeah, discussion like, about yeah, like yeah, I'm thinking who's I'm, what Chiefs fans should you shouldn't feel comfortable about no. that. And so like. I there's yeah be unpressed like I don't know These, yeah, yeah yeah I mean again the one of the one of the stranger parts of all this is we did go through a pandemic season where games were moved um, mm-hmm. to certain dates that were obviously abnormal to a usual schedule so we we have seen that I don't know if they can. Um, you know, this was some part of the CBA discussions a few years ago, but just like, you know, as they were trying to adjust um, throughout the, the, um, I guess, more heightened part of the pandemic. Um, it's, it's, uh, my understanding of it is that the game is postponed, right? So like, there is yeah. a, there is a, some form of like, again, wanting to continue it. Obviously Buffalo, the Bills are, in their hometown, they're in Buffalo, right? Not in Cincinnati. The game is to be played in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, if this was a weather issue, then yes, you could move it to a neutral site. If this was a pandemic thing, you can, you know, sort of move the game around, have a skeleton operations crew, which I don't think people think about a ton. It's just like, hey, like there has to be people to like turn the lights on and like you know. Right. Have the yeah. trucks ready and like you know trying to broadcast this thing and uh, are there going to be fans? Well, how many? You know, how are we going to handle you know um, all the procedural things uh, that it takes to to have a game before, during, and after? Right. I um I wonder, and this is me just sort of thinking in this moment right now, but I wonder uh, for the traumatic event that those players went through. I wonder if the legal will give them the week off and that there will be some level of, I mean, it's just tough. I mean, goodness gracious. It's, 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 uh, it's sort of devastating, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's reasonable or I don't think it is to ask the, the players to play anytime right. soon. But again, I also recognize that the schedule tells me that the next game is, Oddly enough, Chiefs Raiders at what three thirty Eastern time on Saturday on yeah. ESPN. Um, I would assume either that game included the Joe Buck Troy Aikman crew, or it'll be or they'll be at the Tennessee Jacksonville game. Um, you know, but it's just it's um, <sighs> it in a perfect gonna, world that. Obviously, Demar Hamlin, that we get good news over him the next couple yes. of days, and yeah. it, I think, 
if logistically it could work, just move everything across the NFL just down a week. Week, you know, yeah. just give which, everybody a week off. Which uh, we should have said from the beginning. That's the best case scenario. Demar Hamlin's okay. The Bills they can work through the trauma. Even he comes back okay. It's not like the players who were on that field aren't still going to have right. Um, you know, things they have to work through. Like that's going to it's going to alter them and be it, yeah. It, it's going to alter a lot of careers. Yes. Uh, the way that people look at the game and the way that hopefully the way that fans kind of approach the guys who step on the field, who do this every week uh, and in humanizing them in that kind of way. But um, outside of, you know, I can't imagine any team, any owner, any GM head coach across the league that their season gets moved down a week would have an issue with that. It, it's the logistics of, you know, every team then kind of you know whether they're home or away kind of working through all of the the changes that's a lot of things a little a lot of moving parts to obviously putting on an NFL game and to to move those all down a week is a huge uh lift but you know if there's a reason to do it it's this one mm-hmm. it's something like mm-hmm. this and the fact that there are implications of you know by weeks that could be built into what's going on but you don't know who that's going to be because the game did matter in that kind of way um it it's going to be interesting to see how that part of it um happens after we get the good news that demar hamlin is improving and doing okay um which we're all kind of waiting on right now but Mm um yeah i I don't envy the position that Roger Goodell is in and having to make a decision. And I think from what the NFL has said is they aren't going to make any decision until there's more information about how DeMar Hamlin is doing, um, which I think is, is the right call after some reportedly incorrect decisions or, you know, just problems that they created for themselves last night by not handling it the right way from the very beginning. If you move everything uh, back a week, then the Super Bowl would be after uh, Valentine's Day. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, there's, you know, <laughs> I want, uh, I know we don't have a ton of time left, BJ, but I, I do want to remind people that, like, the sport is a multi-billion dollar industry um, yeah. that is in concert with the television industry. So that's how the schedule gets made, essentially. It's like, does it fit TV? Um so if yep. you move everything back a week, um, I'm sure there's mechanisms for them to do that. Again, this would mostly, more likely, um, be a weather thing or a pandemic thing or some catastrophe that, again, is sort of unforeseen, like 9-11. That is uh, something that people have um, sort of mentioned earlier. It's just the, the players didn't feel comfortable playing after nine, you know, playing immediately uh, the Sunday after 9-11, which I believe was on a Tuesday. So... Um, there have been cases where that has happened before. Um, there are usually two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl. Um, in you know rare uh, past events, they have you know condensed that to a one week lead up mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl instead of two weeks. So that is also something to uh, be mindful as well. So I'm I'm just doing my best to give options as I understand right. it, as I understand how the the league is structured from a regular season postseason scheduling um part of the business because it is a business and um but but yeah i think 
they they have options is what we're ultimately trying to <laughs> I think explain to yeah. our to the audience is like the, the the league has options they aren't constricted to just one particular hey you know if the you know if the if if the league decides that they're gonna move all these games to, you know one more week like you suggested BJ I, I won't be surprised by that um, and and if that's the case. Uh, then that's one of the options that they have, but there's there's several several for them to take, and you know they don't have to rush this as I as I think the point that you're making that I totally agree with. They don't have to rush because yeah. they have multiple options. Yeah, I think no matter what they do, they will be criticized, and I hope that all of us um, and everyone and this is wishful thinking, but understands that whatever decision they make, whatever it may or may not have hurt your team or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like this is about um, a young man that and yeah. a, a lot of people that are on that football field that are going to be changed forever in a lot of different ways because there are a lot of people that covered the NFL for a very long time that had never seen anything uh, like what we saw last night. And it's going to like to the point when I brought up at the beginning of the show that Kevin Clark from the ringer said this is going to change uh, football in some ways. We might not know exactly how uh, mm-hmm. for a while, but it's definitely going to change uh, things for anybody that um, – was around it, especially for the people who were there. So praying for them and I uh, appreciate everybody uh, for listening. I know it was a, a much different kind of episode. We're going to end it um, right here. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple other things. I just don't think that's right at this point, but um, Nate, man, appreciate you for you know hopping on and talking through this. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening and hopefully we get great news um, here very soon on DeMar Hamlin and, and what he and his family uh, are going through in the entire Buffalo Bills organization. Uh, and also the Bengals uh, and yeah. the players uh, mm-hmm. for, for all of that. I think, um, you know, T Higgins, there was reports last night of how shook up he was uh, after the game as being the one who was involved in the play that ultimately led um, to a lot to this situation happening. So um, anything else before we let, before we end this one, Nate? No, I, I think it's excellent. And I would applaud the, uh, the fans as well. Um, there's several of them who um, made the short uh, journey from Paycor Stadium to the University of Cincinnati's hospital. I have uh, immense respect for them uh, to see, like you said, the human being beyond the shoulder pads, the jersey, the helmet. Um, You know, fans, you know, this this is why I enjoy my job and the duty that it, you know, um, I guess is upon us. But, you know, we are the connector oftentimes between fans and players that they can't totally recognize because they are watching from a distance and guys are in, you you know, equipment to protect, to protect themselves. Um, So for those fans to uh, make the decision to, you know, pay respects, to send prayers, to be supportive to the players who are obviously at the hospital um, before the Buffalo Bills obviously flew back to, to Buffalo last night. Yeah. I just, I just, I just want to give them a, 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 a um, I just want to commend them. I guess is is probably the best word to say. Just for fans to understand that, um, yeah, this is a, this is something that you know we all as human beings take for granted, and to be aware and acknowledging that, and obviously be more thoughtful about um, Demar's health above everything else is a uh, is is truly commendable. So for for fans to be willing to talk to reporters for fans to share their vantage point for fans to, again, um, keep the 
Lamar as their biggest um, thoughts and, you know, and obviously their prayers. Uh, I just, I, you know, it's just, again, people are better than you, than, than we like to give yep. people credit for. And we'll, we'll end on that note. And again, if uh, you listen to this and, and aren't familiar, haven't seen it yet, uh, we've shared it on our social media platforms. The, the link to the Chasing M's Foundation community toy drive that DeMar Hamlin had put together a couple of years ago when uh, it was reported he was still in college uh, when he put this together and raising money to buy toys for kids for Christmas um, is just shy of $4 million right now with initial goal of $2,500. And again, it was from a couple of weeks ago. There is an update on the page that this is now um, for his foundation and, and to help with what he's going through right now. So uh, if you list this and you feel compelled or called to, to help in some kind of way, uh, this is the only uh, fundraiser or GoFundMe or um, campaign type thing that uh, is directly tied uh, to the Hamlin family. So you can find that on our social media again. Last night I saw it at fourteen thousand dollars, and you know, eight, sixteen, eighteen hours later, whatever, it's just shy of four million. Which Nate, to your point, shows a lot more good out there than anything else. So we appreciate um, everybody for listening to this. Um, you know, hug your loved ones, uh, show people you care about them, and understand. Um, you know, this sport that we love so much that these guys put on the line to go out there and play. This is the this is the other side of it um, that. Uh, we don't always like to to admit that's there, but the guys that step in step on the field know it. And again, uh, praying for Demar Hamlin and his family, and hopefully we get good news soon. Appreciate all of you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus, KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.